0: Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm Scott Ramage, and today I have the pleasure of talking with Daniel Romai. Dan has been married to his wife, Taylor, for just over five years. He has two mini-humans named Freya, I hope I did that right, and Axel. Yeah, you did. Awesome. Uh, Dan is an entrepreneur at heart who's been in the fitness industry for eight years. Dan plays drums in his church and can cook a mean batch of fried rice, orange chicken, which someday I really want to try. And he is also in a low-level beer league hockey, uh, <laughs> or hockey league, which is awesome. Welcome to the show, Dan.
1: Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate you uh, opening up this platform. I know we've only known each other for a couple of weeks, and I feel like I've known you for a while. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience today.
0: Yeah, well, likewise. Um, so I just kind of want to let our listeners, listeners know that we've been chatting for probably, what, 20 minutes already?
1: And yeah, just about
0: yeah Dan's come off of a um kinda kind of one of those situations where y- you're coming out of it and you're like I don't know if I should be recording a podcast right now but really uh, I love Dans <laughs> interview, and I've gotten to know this about him really quickly is that uh one he kind of speaks what he's thinking which I really I, I I value that a lot and um and that includes being uh, emotionally available and available uh, willing to talk through some stuff. And so Dan, I like, this is, this is off the cuff, but I'm pumped. So I'm sorry yeah. to, um, be the benefactor of, of your uh, little misery that you've gone through. No, it's Okay. It's so all why, right. uh, why you, why give us a, a little rundown of what's going on. So that yeah. Happy. So
1: just to kind of backstory it real quick. So we, I don't know how much these guys know about level method or anything like that, but anyway, we signed up for a new thing that we're going to be implementing at the gym. I'll just put it like that. And, um, uh, we had basically I've been talking to my staff about how we're going to implement it, some of the steps we're going to take. And um, we're planning on reopening against governor's orders. This is during coronavirus, just depending on when you're listening to this, uh, you know, against the governor's orders here in Michigan uh, on next Monday, which would be June 1st. And we're not supposed to do anything until June 12th. And so I've been talking with our staff about it. Like we've had daily calls going through everything, going through the coaching, going through all of the like, um, precursors I guess you will or if you will for coaches and staff and um, everything felt like it was going awesome so we opening up on June 1st the plan has been to implement this thing from the beginning or from the day that we reopened and um, I did a big announcement for our gym last night we had a bunch of people on the call it was awesome like I thought I thought it went really well he handled questions uh, fielded concerns and answered everything to the best of my ability uh, and apparently some of the things that some of the ways I answered questions were perceived in a way that they weren't intended. And uh, I'm getting a little emotional just talking about it again because uh, if you know me, you know that I really care about people. Um, and I want people to be comfortable and safe. And for me, um, this particular topic, uh, reopening the gym, has been a hot spot, hot button topic for a long time. Um, oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, through this, through all of this coronavirus, it's just been really tough. Uh, you know, having your business shut down, watching people you care about lose their jobs, lose income. And then, you know, inevitably that leads to them eventually not being able to pay their membership in the gym, which leads to potentially laying off staff. And there's just all of these different adding angles that have just been stressors. And I just think today was kind of a, a combination of a boiling point of all of those things. And then also the conversation that we had uh, was uh, – it felt very one-sided, but it wasn't. I'm going to share this post when it goes live on my, my own page. So if one of my coaches is listening, like I'm not, I told them, I'm not mad at the conversation. I, it's very, a completely valid conversation that we've had. Um, but it's just not the way I anticipated it to go. And uh, the bottom line is like, I'd spent probably almost 45 minutes like just with tears in my eyes, not necessarily sobbing, but just sad um, and sad. It's just, it, was, it was tough. So anyway, um, I was about 15 minutes late jumping on this to record with you, Scott. So thanks for letting me push that back a little bit. Um, but it was one of those, it was one of those meetings that you just couldn't leave. Um, you had to see it to the end. And it, I don't even think it really ended. We're going to have another conversation later today, um, just to kind of clear some things up, give everybody time to like breathe and whatnot. But yeah, so that's kind of what I'm coming out of. So uh, it wasn't at all what we were planning on talking about. But I think it's relevant, like, especially with everything going on right now, like, there are at the flick of a switch can be some of the most stressful things that happen. Like you might lose your job and have no idea that that's coming. And that's stressful. And for me, like I didn't lose my job, but this conversation was definitely one of the peak high or peak lows valleys, I guess is what I'm trying to say um, of this whole lockdown. And uh, I anticipated today's call to be a peak. And so i um, going into it excited and fired up. Like I thought it went so well um, to then Figuring out that it was actually the opposite uh, was definitely a nice little uh, punch to the gut that I was not anticipating. So, yeah, yeah, I think I guess that's where we're at. So,
0: I have several thoughts because um, I'm a very, I have a very similar type of personality where when I pour into people and I feel like I've done um, my best to communicate and maybe I've not done great, but I feel like I've put in effort and I, and I honestly feel like i'm doing what i'm doing for others and then it turns out that it's perceived the wrong way it literally is probably one of the most painful things i'd go through like because when you choose to lead or you feel like you're leading and you've made decisions for the better of a group and then realize that either it wasn't the right decision or the communication wasn't wrong i take it so personal like i can just like cave in um, emotionally so do you feel like this is like caused you to almost like pull back or or how are you responding to this um because you know the tear the the sheer emotion of it can be exhausting we know that but
1: yeah oh it's yeah it's definitely that that part's exhausting i guess let me ask a question just to get a little bit of clarity on what you're asking so are you asking like what how am i going to respond to the conversation like what are we actually going to do or are you asking like how am I handling it? I guess I just want to make sure that I'm like, going the right I think, way.
0: I, I think I was trying to see if you feel the same way. Like it's personal because I messed up. Like I messed yeah, up. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, absolutely. I I am very much that type of person where like, I mean, I, I mean, I have not done a great job of leading the gym up until like December of this year. Um, like we grew really fast and we made a fair chunk of money I uh, came into the gym, and not I'm not trying to say any of that to say, "Oh, well, look at me," but to say that like I got into a place about this time last year that where I was super depressed, and essentially, it's, this is going to sound like I like let the business slide. I made intentional decisions to pare down the business to get small enough where I could actually start to do the things that I want to do, and. When we got into this lockdown, I've been looking at, you know, level method for six, seven months. And this was just the perfect time for us to implement it because um, every, everyone is coming back. They're all restarting. Like it's just the perfect time to do that. And so um, being that this was a decision that I wanted to make for a while, it just made it tough to um, to like basically be told that, well, we're kind of rushing it. It feels like we're rushing it or any of the, any of those things. And not that that's exactly what was said, but that's what. It felt like, and I know that that wasn't the heart of the conversation. And, um, again, I'm recording this podcast right now coming out of that conversation. And so I haven't, like, I haven't even had time to like sit, digest that conversation. Like I literally ended the call, uh, sat there for a second and tried to gather my thoughts and then jumped onto the zoom call. So like listening to this, I might come back and be like, oh man, that's not what I intended at all. But this is just me in a very raw state right now.
0: It's wrong. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, but to answer your question, yes. Like I I am the type of person that like I wear my heart on my sleeve. I will do anything for somebody before I do anything for myself. Um, So to the point or to the extent where like I picked up a second job uh, when our gym uh, in like December, uh, when we, when I had to, it was either I pick up a second job and don't pay myself or I pay myself and let a couple staff members go. Um, And I chose to pick up the job. And so that's just like, I don't say that's to like toot my own horn, but that's just the type of person that I've always been. Um, and so to go to the members last night and talk about everything and to share that with them um, and then, and then come back on the coaches' call today and, and have them say, well, that's not how it was perceived. Uh, it was a shock. So it was just hard. To, it was hard to listen to. So, um, yeah. But it needed to be said and I'm glad it was, but, that
0: doesn't mean it was fun. So I've had, because I of my work with Level Method, talking to gym owners all over the world. Like, literally, I talk to gym owners ev- all over the world. Yeah. Like, this whole um, coronavirus, COVID thing, when the shutdowns began, they're all different in every country. But when the shutdowns began, um, things started to melt. Like, businesses started to fracture and fall. And I've watched the emotional roller coaster and... And the effect it's had, and how that's spread out in small business, and it's probably been the, the one thing I've been the most absolutely irritated with, and and just out in disbelief of the fact that we're we're shutting down small businesses. Um, I don't want to get political or anything, but keeping large businesses open, shutting down yeah. that need it the most, and then then the support got really weird and it was really messed up. And I've watched the emotions of um, small business owners in this process, a, a good number of them are folding. They're, and it's, it's not even necessarily financial to fight. Maybe they didn't have plans in place and they are like literally having to abandon ship. Some of them just literally aren't emotionally handling it. So I, I wanna basically say like, you've been through a massive firestorm of emotions up and down. And then when oh, you're yeah. trying so hard to do something right and your own people that you've been trying to protect, took you wrong or maybe misinterpreted or maybe you miscommunicated don't get me wrong i'm not against them by any means because they right. have true feelings and they have true resources and th- and thoughts and you know they're not out to hurt you um and it's so hard to watch and it's but the thing is yeah. it's just a, a drop in the hat of what's going on worldwide um so it's been it's been tough so I, one i commend you for making it through it so that people do have jobs and people do have a place hey the gym is where people build resiliency to these things, right? Right. <laughs> you need to be open, um, community, uh, uh, building your immune system through, uh, sharing germs. It's so important. It's crazy. <laughs> right. We're isolating. So, um, you know there's a book called crucial Con- conversations and i can't remember the author right now but it's it talks about the importance of having these conversations and really getting down to the the real meat of the issue what is the real issue so um i yeah i just i want to commend you for coming on here and talking about it so what's the plan i mean are you just going to take some time and and
1: yeah so i um i was supposed to have like back to back calls after this Um, and I canceled all of them. So I basically cleared up until 4 p.m. my time. So you guys listening have no idea when this was recorded. It gives me about three hours roughly when we're done um, to just kind of sit, and I'm going to go home and talk to my wife. I'm going to hug my kids um, because my daughter ran up to me and gave me a hug, and she said sad. And so she's, like, trying to comfort me while I'm getting my crap together on the phone crying because it was just rough and so anyway i'm gonna go home i'm gonna like love my family for a minute and just let it digest and then i have a couple personal training sessions tonight and one class that i'm running and then after that all of the staff we're all gonna get back on a call and just kind of talk through it again just letting the emotion kind of settle and the conversation that was had settle and then just kind of come up with a plan from there wow. um so that's what well, that's what we're doing i think like i told him on the phone i was like guys i like, I'm not, I don't want to cut this conversation short, but I can't, like, I, I can't think right now. Like I need some time. And then also like, I need to re- be recording a podcast 15 minutes ago. So like, you know what I mean? It was just, I, so yeah, we're going to talk about stuff tonight. We're going to kind of like hash through things and, um, I'll let you know, I'll message you kind of how that went just so you yep. can update people if you want to or whatever. I don't care. Yep. Um, it's just an interesting time where, where like it just had happened right before this. And I was like, I could ask you to reschedule. Um. You know, or we could come into this with a raw conversation and I could be like, you know what, guys? Like, it's not – like, the world isn't always sunshine and rainbows, like Rocky says. Like, dude, there's days that you just have an absolute, you know, crap storm of what's going on. And uh, that feels like today even, though, like, because I'm in it. Like, and I'm sure looking back, even later tonight or in a couple hours, I'm going to be like, okay, it's really not that bad. But just all of it at one time was just really hard to hear. Uh, and so that's just kind of where I'm at right now.
0: You know, it's interesting timing. Um, Josh and I both have been uh, this week. Both had days where we were kind of sideswiped by life, and and we both really kind of dug into it because it's it's really important to us. And we we created plans and 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 reflected back and forth to each other and came up with plans with what do we need to do so that when something like this hits us. We can handle it and move forward and not let it ruin the entire day. And so, um, I like that you adjusted, you, you're going to give yourself time. I think it's so important to, to stop in these types of situations. If you can stop, Yeah. And reboot. And, um, that being said, you, you, you saw your kids and your wife, which I think is a really great reboot as long as you don't carry it into the family. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's super important too. And like, if I can real fast, I want to sidebar on that. Like you have the option as, you know, as a human being, but also specifically like this is a mostly dad's podcast. So like specifically as the father in your family and the husband, like you have the choice when something like this does happen to, uh, you know, like basically eat it, take it home, take it out on your wife, get drunk and be, a, um, sorry if I can't say that. Or you know, or you can sit for a second and just be in the emotion of what's happening because there's nothing wrong with that. Like, let's just crush that stigma real fast first. Absolutely. Like, I'm a very emotional guy, and so like, if I'm sad, you're gonna know. Like, you can tell if you're watching the video down the road. Like, I've got like borderline tears, and I probably will this whole podcast because I'm replaying some of that conversation. Some of the stuff you're saying is bringing it up, and it's just it's 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 raw. It's a raw topic still, and so. You, you can either go home and you can, you can lash out, you can, you can turn to the alcohol, you can turn to the drug, whatever it might be, or you can sit and say, I'm like, when we get done, I'm going to sit up here for five or 10 minutes and just like listen to music and just like let it go. And then I'm going to go home and I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to play with my kids. I'm going to wrestle with my daughter. I'm going to probably end up going outside because she likes to play on her playground, whatever. But I'm going to detach myself from the situation, just let myself stop for a moment. Um... And that's like, you have the choice. Like, do you you want to, who do you want to be in that situation? And and we make those decisions every day, just on smaller scales. And so um, that's what you, I mean, I I had to make that decision before I got on this call. It's like, what am I going to do afterwards? And right before I jumped on, I canceled the appointments that I had. And I was like, guys, I I can't do those right now. Uh, And I almost did the same thing here. But I decided that, you know, this whole conversation that we wanted to have is, is about you know how do you communicate like how do you talk to your kids how do you do those types of things and like stress is a very real thing that we all face and so um that's a big stressful moment right now that i could either run away from and pretend it didn't happen or we could face it head on and we can talk about it in the moment like as it's happening because that's a little bit more uh real i think so um i don't know if that answers your question or not but
0: it does i so your kids are young. I mean, um Freya Freya. Am I saying that right? I know I Yeah, have- it's
1: Freya and Axel. Yep.
0: Freya, you know, she's she's two and a half. Um and yep. my, my boys are 12 and 16. So the difference here is that when I have something sidelined like this, uh I work from home so they see it pretty quickly, but what I have learned at a certain age you can start talking and I I believe firmly in this, as you start talking this through with them, let them ride that emotion a little bit, explain, yeah. explain, Hey, here's what I did. Here's what happened. I don't think they understood. I'm learning from this. And I, and the, my whole purpose is how can they avoid some of the pain that I go through by me living it with them. So I re, I live and I, I live my successes and my failures with them, um, when it's appropriate. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important to Talk that out because they're not going to learn how to be an adult unless we teach them how to be an adult, right? Um, yeah, so on that note, I was uh, I, I, I hopped on your Facebook this week, uh, and yeah. you said watch the marshmallow or the whatever it was, the s'mores or marshmallow video, yeah, okay, so yeah. I, I watched that and I, I have a degree in, in psychology and then a, a degree in education, at elementary or young childhood. Stuff a master's yep. education, and studied a lot of these psychology um, studies they did on children, behavioral, and so in this video, <laughs> you, you you put a marshmallow in front of your daughter and tell her you're going away for a minute and not to eat it. Okay, yeah. well, talk me through your thinking here. It, it was an so, awesome video. I, I <laughs> absolutely love this, and I think you are blessed beyond um, words because I'll, I'll, I'll share why later, but
1: yeah yeah so so this was like a little challenge video that's like going viral on facebook that my wife found okay. and my daughter my daughter like like she enjoys marshmallows like because we just bought our house in December, so we, we were renting prior we couldn't have a fire pit so this year i was like well you know i'm having a fire every day that i can so i dug a fire pit so we had marshmallows like at our house always because if you have a fire naturally you have to have a s'more. um and so she just likes marshmallows. So every once in a while, she'll ask for a marshmallow. Um, and we were laying down, like getting ready to try to put her to bed. And she started just sobbing for a marshmallow. She had ate dinner. I told her she could have one, and I would forgotten to give her one. So it was like 1030 at night. This was pretty late at, at night. And, and I was like, you know what? I'll give her a marshmallow. It's not the end of the world. Um, take your Place your judgments elsewhere on that. But, um, I, gave, I gave her a uh, a marshmallow at 10:30 at night because I'm a terrible parent. No, I'm just kidding, but I placed this marshmallow in front of her. But as I was doing that, I was talking to her, and you can kind of talk about this if you want to. But as I was getting the marshmallow out and like getting her, like setting the challenge, if you will, um, I was just talking to her about her day, and then I put the marshmallow in front of her and walked away, and uh, I literally went down the the stairs and stood there and just listened, and I didn't hear her do what she did, but um, you know that sneaky little child did what she licked the marshmallow. Uh, <laughs> so anyway it was it was really good uh it was funny but yeah so that's a little bit about what that was i guess it was it was something that we had seen on facebook and we're like we should see what freya would do because it would be funny um and she did
0: not disappoint no no so for those of you who (laughs) most of you haven't seen it she he tells her not to do it and if she doesn't do it she gets two marshmallows but while he's gone she takes that marshmallow and she puts it i thought she's going all in man she puts it i thought she was
1: gonna eat it for sure
0: (laughs) and she licks it real good and then she puts it back and of course she's just you know miss perfect and you give her two marshmallows that is a a, a, there there is a very famous um (laughs) research study they did with kids uh and and delayed gratification those types of things so it's actually stems probably from that but um how do you communicate? I mean, you you have a two and a half year old and a a four month old. I mean, you were talking, your conversation with her was, was actually pretty intriguing. I mean, she just was carrying on with you.
1: Yeah. So I I don't think that she knew I turned on the camera. She's a little bit camera shy. Not much. I mean, she's, very outgoing a lot like I am, and we'll do stupid things all the time like that's how, that's how I am I operate if you've ever seen any of my ads like I wear costumes I'll work on vehicles it literally doesn't matter like I'll do anything so she, she's a lot like me in that aspect but she does get a little camera shy. though she's still kind of like figuring out who she is and stuff but um, I talk to my kids both of them I have a four month old a little over four month old and an almost two and a half year old and I talk to both of them as if they are teenagers maybe um and that has been something that and that's not to say I don't have moments where you know you talk baby babble or whatever but um largely I talk to them in, in, in a manner as if they're older because um one thing I heard when I was a kid growing up was that if you talk to your kids like they're babies they're going to develop their speech a lot later in life and I don't know if that's accurate I, I think it is but I don't know if it's true I'm not a I'm not a psychologist or a speech pathologist or whatever that term is. Um, So I've just always talked to my daughter that way. And I have never met, and I know everyone says that they have a really smart kid, but I've never met a two or two and a half year old that I can have a conversation with. Um, And I can have a conversation with my daughter. Um, And you might not be able to understand what she says 50% of the time, but you can see the wheels click or the wheels turning and you can see it clicking and you can see her trying to, figure out how to say what she wants to say. And so I've always, uh, I challenge her in many ways, but that's particularly conversationally is probably the biggest one that I I challenge her with because um, it's communication. And I think that especially the more digital we go, the more Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, it's it's harder to communicate effectively um, because we are so distant from each other. And, And like, especially now where we don't actually see each other face to face we don't we don't get to be in that moment and experience that the raw emotion of being in the room with somebody um and so i try to facilitate that as much as i possibly can with my kids um so yeah i, mean, I, I just i think that's really important I, I know i know that's kind of where we were talking about spending a lot of the conversation today but that's i really like to i, I love talking to my daughter that way because i could, there's times where i'll ask her a question and she'll be like huh Like, and the way she says, huh, it's hilarious, but she'll say, huh? Like what? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. And so I have to reword it and I have to go, okay, yeah, I use the really big word that she's probably never heard before. I got to back it up and say it in a way that she would understand. And then I'll ask the question the same way again. And so like, if I ever hear her kind of like stumbling over, like, what did I just say? Uh, I'll back up, say it a different way so she could understand. And then I'll say it the way I said it before. So she's got an incredible vocabulary for a two and a half year old. And it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to hear her talk sometimes, but yeah, that's kind of, um, I guess in a nutshell, that's more or less how I communicate with my children. Um, and I think it's important that we do that.
0: People think you're weird. I mean, when they hear you talking yes. to your daughter, Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had multiple people, of uh, some family members, some not family members. They're like, why, like, why are you talking to your kid like that? Like, I'm like, because she's a human, like she's a person <laughs> and she's eventually Gonna have to be talked to this way, and she's eventually gonna have to learn to talk this way. So why, like, okay, I I guess this might this might not make sense to some people, but it's gonna make sense to you because you're in into fitness. So if I'm gonna eventually teach you to do a back squat, why would I start off teaching you how to do a strict press or a push up? Like, why would we not start back squatting right away, even if it's with an empty barbell, or even why would we not start saying sentences with small words or? or, easier things to understand. And then as you get better at your squat, we can add weight. As you get better at your conversation, we can add words, we can add inflection points, tone, we can add body language, but initially you have to develop the basics. And so every single day, like they grow and get so smart in those first four four or five years. There's so much growth. Like there are days sometimes where I'll wake up and she's saying words perfectly clear. That the day before she couldn't like put the syllables together, and I'm just like, whoa! So she's growing so fast. She's getting so smart so quick, and and I'm specifically talking about my two and a half year old because, you know, my four month old still sleeps all the time and doesn't tell us when he needs to go to the bathroom. So there's still learning happening, but it's it's much more uh, prevalent, I guess, with my two and a half year old. So, um, yeah, like with her, I mean, eventually I'm gonna have to teach her how to use sentence structures and use bigger words and and talk and, and communicate effectively. So why on earth? would I start not, why would I not start that now? Why would I wait six years to start having adult style conversations? Like in terms of structure with it, you know, that's, and that's kind of the approach I've always taken to it. And anytime I explain that to somebody, they usually understand, but they usually don't agree with me. Um, and I'm pretty firm in the way that I I communicate with my kids. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. People to answer your question though, people do think I'm I'm weird. Not everybody does, but a fair amount of people are like, "Why are you doing that?" So it's it's strange. It's it's a weird conversation to have.
0: Well, you know, I think it's it's a societal viewpoint that maybe is a little screwed up. Day, I mean, we can baby our kids and and treat them like little kids, and they're gonna grow yeah. into big little kids. And I mean, we even refer to this, and you're probably part of it, the millennials, right? Like we baby yeah. them so much that they're, they're just a bunch of babies and I could use more explicit terms to explain them, but it, it drives yeah. us crazy. Like you, you get a trophy for just showing up or I should have a job just because I finished college. Well, <laughs> no, you should, oh, Right, right. <laughs> you know, like good for you. You paid a, a, the same amount of money that everyone else who did that did as well. Like yay on you. But, um, yeah. One of the things that we, we, we repeat over and over again is, um, I, I believe we're commissioned to raise future adults. If we're saying we're raising kids, we've got problems. They're kids in the now, but what we're raising them to be is adults. And that kind of seems like that's kind of what you're, you're saying. You're just practicing it very young.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't think that there is a right or a wrong time to start that. Uh, if, if you want to raise your kid in the, in the opposite way that I do, and, and uh, this is going to probably sound like I'm uh, not belittling, but like maybe picking on somebody. But, but like if you want to like baby babble with your kids until they're three or four and like use the high squeaky voices and not ever say full sentences, like that's fine. You go, like you could do that. But that is not the way that I want to raise my kids. Like I want my kids to have um, the communication skills to uh, say what they want to say and what they are feeling when they start going to school. Because if I wait until preschool age to start teaching her how to talk about her feelings and her emotions and different things that she's experiencing, by the time she goes to school, it's too late because day one, something's going to happen that makes her sad, makes her upset, mad, whatever. And if I don't equip her to handle that, I have done a disservice to my child. Um, And I could not live with myself if she got put into a situation where she wasn't able to say... Uh, I'm mad, or oh, I'm sad, or whatever. And if if she needed to, and so I, I firmly believe that we need to be um, we need to be teaching them how to communicate what they're feeling um, and and what they're thinking. And part of that goes with just having daily conversations, like uh, the, before the marshmallow day, like what did you do today, like and just talking to her, and and but not treating her like a like a, a baby, I guess, like you know, talking to her as if she's you know, I guess like more like the age of your kids, like, right. What'd you do today? How was that? Did you have fun? Did you like, it's just, you're just, you're just poking. So that way they talk. I'm not trying to pull anything out
0: of her. I mean, most people intelligence are built in through practice. So um, I I actually disagree with something you said and and it's just the interpretation, but you said you're fine with other people talking baby to their kids. Like, I, I think it's a problem. Like, I think, like, y- yeah, you're gonna do the Uchi Gucci with a baby, but as soon as they yeah. say words, do we want to teach them to say them in the in a right way? As a yeah, so in middle school or in, in elementary, they're gonna get beat up because I uh, <laughs> my son right. is a friend that talks that way, and I just like like how are you not beat up every day in middle school? Like, because if it were my day, <laughs> you and yeah. And, um, and so I, I disagree. I don't think it's okay, but you know, I don't, I'm not raising their kids, but I also have seen yeah. as a teacher of so many years. I've seen kids come in who've been coddled and babied and it's like, yeah, they're smart, but they're, they're not intelligent. They're not socially intelligent and, and we're setting right. up for failure and, and, you know, and, usually that's the case is they just don't know how to interact with society because they're used to being given and talked to like little babies. And I was just thinking about this as well with the puppy that we have. My wife has a puppy. I was saying something, I was saying, good boy. And I was saying it like in a baby voice. And I caught myself. This a <laughs> conversation, I caught myself and I was like, why would I use a different voice with it now? Because I need to teach it how it responds to my, right. voice, no matter what age it is. It's just that happened. And I'm like, I shouldn't be changing my voice. I should be talking the way I'm going to talk to my three-year-old dog or my seven-year-old dog. And then you come and it's very true. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's, I guess to clarify, um, I, I don't care. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. And the way I mean that is, Hey, if you don't think we should, if you don't think I should carry a gun, that's fine. If you don't think I should have a certain right, that's fine. If you think, you know, different social political issues are wrong like that's fine you can think that but i disagree with you yeah and that's that's what that's what i mean by that like it's not i got it's not a contention point between us at all like i just that's just kind of how hey you disagree with me like that's fine we can still be friends we can still talk your kid can still hang out with my kid that's cool but my kid's gonna talk like circles around your kid and that's that's particularly in this instance and and i see it happen all the time and i'm not trying to brag like i'm really not My daughter when she hangs out with kids her age, it's, she just is trying to talk to them and they don't know how to communicate back. It's crazy. Like she, before all of this happened, was going to a daycare that uh, they have a five, three and six month old. So like a five and a three year old or a four year old or something like that and a six month old. And so she talks to those older kids and the mom was like, I can't believe how well she communicates with them. Like she does not miss a beat. And, like, she was, like, two at the time. And so I was like, that's awesome. Like, she's talking better than some of these older kids. And so I just – I think that we – and part of that might be she's just naturally really smart. Like, that just might be part of it. I don't know that that is. I'm not saying that that is, but it's possible. Um, And I'm not sure what's happening downstairs in my gym. I don't know if you can hear that background noise, but there is something going on down there. So – but anyway, um, yeah, I just – I don't know that it's necessarily, like – I didn't mean it in a way where I was like, "Oh yeah, like yeah. that's okay." But yeah, so
0: anyway, go ahead. I just wanted to make it clear that if you're a man and you're listening to this and you have young children, like it's okay for you to do that. Just don't expect my support. <laughs> you know, we have our own choices. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so I, I have a few questions because yeah. you, you you have some pretty strong like viewpoints that may not be like in line with. Society, like talking to your child, like they're older, which I, I, I mean, I think it's really wise personally. But uh, you know, I'm I'm buying it. In other words, where did you get your, <laughs> where did you where do you draw your beliefs or your parenting methodologies from? I know your wife probably brings some of those in, but um, what, what's yeah? The-
1: so I mean, I've always been um, in the like sales and and gym. Like I've owned a gym since I was a year out of high school. And so like sales have always been something that I have needed to be able to do. And I've been, this is going to make sense. I promise. So, um, like me doing, being in a sales role my entire life, whether I work at GNC, I'm selling tires or running my gym. I've done all of those things while I've been running my gym. Um, and so while I was doing those, I, I started to learn that like, if you can't communicate to somebody, you are never going to be able to, uh, to hold a job. And not just a sales job, but a job in general. How, how many times do your friend, do you hear somebody say, oh, I got fired because of a miscommunication, or I said something, or, or this project didn't get done, but I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be doing. or like, it's, It all comes back to communication. And, and I'm a firm believer that everything we do is sales. Whether you think you're a salesperson or not, you're always selling yourself. And if you can't communicate, you can't sell. And so if my daughter wants to get into Harvard someday, let's just say. Every every parent thinks their kid's the smartest, so whatever. My daughter wants to get into community college someday, let's say that. Uh, she She's going to have tests. She's going to have to write an essay or something. And I want her to be able to sell herself effectively. And I believe that that starts today or, or when she's born, and we start shaping the ability for her to have conversation, to be – um, able to think quick on her feet and to be able to respond and, and there's times where she's faster than me responding to things Where i I'll say something and she's she'll be like look at me funny and say something off the wall I don't have an example off the top of my head I wish I did but the other day she said something and I was like okay you got me like and so she's like already proving that she's got um, a little bit of the wit which I'm not looking forward to in 10 years um, but right now it's cute because she's small and I can toss her on the couch and then she laughs and it changes the direction of the conversation but eventually that's not going to be the case um but yeah so I think a lot of that comes from uh, a lot of the, the parenting style in terms of conversation comes from um me wanting her to be capable and equipped to communicate effectively and to be able to sell herself finger quotes if you will um, on the fact that like I should be the one managing this project, or you should pick me over the 700 other applicants, or I want to get into this college because of this, or this program, or, you know, pick me to be the captain of the sports team, or whatever it might be. I want her to be able to effectively communicate.
0: Yeah. So, um, the way I put it, and, and I was following you from the second you started, because I've always said, uh, I heard this from the first time I heard it. And I know tons of people say, it, but the first time I heard it is from Andy Andrews, who's an author and a speaker. And he said, um, you don't believe you're in sales you are wrong like are you married you sold yourself to your spouse you know right did you did you get a job you sold yourself to you know that company everything everything we do is sales and sales is about communication so incredibly important to have good communication skills includes listening clarifying speaking um perceiving the right the message, how it's coming from someone and realizing that you put your own spin on it. And um, my wife always says is, um, you know what, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to hold that because I can't remember it all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing saying about how we perceive what other people are doing, but um, we have to. Yeah, If I can,
1: sorry, if I can jump in real quick, because it really relates to what you're saying right now and I don't want to forget it. One thing that one of my mentors, like when I moved to Philadelphia and I was, co- I was like somewhat managing a gym when I was in Philly. Uh, one of the things that he told me was, uh, when you are communicating with somebody, if somebody misinterprets you, it's not their fault; it's yours. And that has that quote changed the way that I communicated with people because I would say something, and it might come across as rude or that I don't care about your opinion or your thoughts, your feelings, and that was not the case at all and then i would get mad at you because you were mad at me because i said something i'm like that's it makes sense that's backwards like if no. i say something and you think that we like you think that it comes across as me not caring like it's on me to fix that it's on me to make you understand not make you understand to to build the bridge because i broke the bridge it's on me to fix that um and that, i think i think to bring this full circle to the very beginning of the interview uh, the, the Interview, whatever you want to call it, um, that I think is part of a big part of why I'm taking everything that happened with the staff and everything so wrong. Because I don't, I don't think that we're all on different pages. I think we're all on the same page, but I think that the way that I communicated it was not in alignment with the way that they would have communicated it. Even though I, I believe right now in this moment that we're recording this podcast that we're on the same page, and so. Um, I hope I'm right and I really think that I am but um, it, I think that's part of why I took that conversation previous to this so hard because it was one of those things where um, I had to look in the mirror and be like well I was the communicator and I communicated for you so exactly. that's that's kind of where that is and I'm sorry about the background noise I don't know if you can hear
0: that or not. Like, it's Armageddon. Just, down.
1: You're, you're- Dude, it's crazy.
0: Yeah <laughs> all right so Another saying from Andy Andrews, believe it or not, from his book, The Traveler's Gift is the buck stops here and basically taking responsibility for every single thing that happens in your life. Like you got fired and from day one, you and the boss, like just could not get on this. Like he didn't like you from the second he saw you, right? The, this is what I teach my boys. And I, I do, um, I coach youth as well, personal training. And I, I always implement, um, actually it's the seven decisions from the traveler's gift. And I teach that when I, when I do personal training with students, it's part of the agreement. The first one, the bucks stop here. And I said, like, look, even if somebody had it out for me from the beginning, you played some role in that. And the sooner you can address the fact that you are in some way at fault for what happened, the faster you will succeed in life. And it's the same here. Like you, you just did it. You're just like, Hey, look, you know, this is on me. Like th- there's a point, there's a place, no matter what, what communication or what happened or how they, inter- maybe it was a little bit of interpretation, but it's on me. I think that's a real point of leadership is when you're able to look at that point of view. And I think we, we should be teaching that to our kids. Like if our kids, yeah. I don't give them an out. If something bad has, happens to my son, I'm like, what did you do? Like, were you, were you kind? Yeah. Mm- did you say something that might have rubbed him wrong? You know, it's never like, "Oh man, that kid sucks." You should kick him in the nuts. That's not what I tell them. <laughs> it, it can turn right. on, and then I'm like, "Kick him in the nuts and make it count." Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> have those conversations as well. But I always know that my that there is a role that they're playing.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the important thing to remember is, you know, communication is a two way street, and. Um, you can, you can kind of determine the speed at which you're going, but you also need to know that like, if you say something that's misinterpreted and somebody comes back and, and you sense like a, a shift in the way they're talking or the, the inflection changes or the tonality is different. Like you sh- rather than avoid that. Like I personally like address it. I'm like, Oh, I want to make sure you understood me. Can you, can you tell me what I just said? Like, and so that way I can make sure that they're under Cause so- cause sometimes like I'll say something like Scott, I want to go get Mexican food tonight. And you might be like, cool. I heard that you want to go get, you know, tacos. Like, no, that's not what I said. I want to get Mexican food. Like, so I just, and that's a very kind of stupid example, but I think the point is clear. Like I, I want to get Mexican food and you automatically assume that means I want tacos. Like that is not what I meant. What I meant is I want to get Mexican food. I don't know what I want potentially. So anyway, that's like I said, kind of a funny, cheesy example, but I think it it, make, it will help make sense. Like, you need to make sure especially in business and especially right now with everything going on you need to make sure that what you're saying is clear and obviously for myself over the last couple of weeks there was some i'm not gonna say discontent or or disconnect or anger but there was something wasn't being communicated the right way and it caused a little bit of friction and that's where we're at right now and that's it just needs to be addressed and You know, maybe we have to push back the opening date a week. Maybe we have to do something like, and and it is what it is. And at that point, like, you know, we'll address it and we'll, we'll face the music and we'll do it. But, um, the point is that there was at some way, at some point, there was some friction, there was some miscommunication. Um, and it likely stemmed from me because I'm the one leading the implementation. I'm the one leading the testing and leading all these things leading up to it. So yeah, it's just been, yeah, I guess like, you, you definitely have to be willing to look in the mirror and be like, okay, I messed that up right there.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's tough. Um, it, I mean, it just it can, it can sign, sideline you really quick. We do this practice called the listener speaker. It's nothing new, and it's, it's designed for people to work through things where one person speaks, the other person is not to interrupt, and then they re- the other person repeats what you said. What I understand you're upset at is now I've had the opportunity to watch that from the outside between married couples where one yeah. explains, this is what's going, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. And the other says, I hear that this in repeating it, like, I, I kid you not 75% of the time, the repeat is completely wrong. And they just, yeah. and I'm from an outside going, how did you miss that? It's because we have a way that we've wired our brains that we're listening to something we're interpreting it and our interpretation is skewed. And, yeah, you know, and, and so, um, what I've, what I've been taught is that I have to learn to, and I'm not good at this yet. <laughs> I first, what story are you telling in your, your, yourself? You know, the Brene Brown yeah. thing, what story are you telling yourself? What stories are you telling yourself that aren't true? Um, where you don't have facts. Second, filtering everything not through my own filter, but through the actual words being said. And um, we can't expect other people to do that, but we sure can work hard on making ourselves do that so that we can at least mitigate some of the uh, frustration that comes up in life because of misunderstanding people.
1: Yeah. And and I don't, I don't want to pretend that I'm an amazing communicator because I'm not like, I I definitely need work clearly. Like this conversation is from that, but um, like, I think it's important to know that like, like you said, like when you're listening or you're seeing something from the outside looking in, like you objectively are going to oh well, okay, she's mad because you're not folding your laundry. Like okay, I get it. Like that makes sense. But he's hearing that you're mad because or she's mad at you because you're working too much and you're not at home. Like you're not doing all these other things and you take it so personally. When in reality, she just wants you to put your underwear away. Like and, and that might be a, a bad example, but but. I think that that's true. And I think that that the communication is very important and making sure that you can understand what your partner, your, your employee, your employer, your kid is saying, and, and, and just repeating back. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you want me to put my underwear away when it comes out of the washer? Yes. Awesome. I can do that. Nothing else oh, has I to can't. change. Sweet. <laughs> like, and that, that just makes it so much easier. And, and, and I think another thing that uh, my wife and I did, Uh, not not necessarily recently maybe four or five months ago kind of when all this stuff for myself when i kind of got pulled out of that depression was um we just laid out very clearly like what are you what do i need to do for you and what do i need you to do for me and it was completely selfish for both of us but i told her straight up i was like this is what i need i need the living room to be cleanish when i come home like from work because otherwise i walk in and it's a disaster for my kids. And and I know that it's not your fault, but it stresses me out. And it makes it really hard for me to come home and relax when I feel like the house is a mess. And so I just explained that to her. And she said, well, I need you to come home at a certain time. And so up until, you know, uh, like for a while, I was really good at getting home at a certain time, going to bed with her at a certain time. Um, And then so there's just like, if you can set those clear communication boundaries and say, this is what I need. And what do what can I do for you? like be selfish in that moment and say, I need all of these things or I would like all of these things. And some of them maybe you have to meet in the middle on or whatever. But I think largely if you did something like that, you would see how much easier is your life immediately? Because now you know that your wife wants you to put your underwear away when she brings up the basket. Like now, you know that instead of putting your dish in the sink, she would prefer you just put it in the dishwasher. Like how much extra work is that? Not really any at all, but Now, you know, that now it's been made clear that that's what she's looking for. Um, And I know I'm going to like house chores, I guess. I don't know how I got there, but um, it's just, I think it's important to make sure that we we set clear communication boundaries. Um, And that goes with work too. Like, I don't know, I guess there's a lot of different avenues we can go on that, but um, yeah. So I I just think it's important to be clear in your communication.
0: Well, it does. It goes into marriage. It goes into work. I mean, huge with marriage and here's here's a firm belief of mine is that you need to model this stuff in front of your kids you need to model your communication with your wife in front of your kids and this intentionality of saying i need this is not you know you said it's selfish it's not it's it's a it's a it's the truth maybe your motivations are kind of weird or it's just a tweak it's just a personality thing but the truth is it's selfish for you to keep that from your wife because then you're setting her up to fail she doesn't yeah. know that you need the, the 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 living room clean to really come home and relax and be engaged with your kids unless you tell her. You're doing a massive discussion right. of just this if you don't communicate that and vice versa. And I think like very strong marriages pivot frequently on each individual's needs and feelings and communicating those in a way that the other person can have a better perception of where you're coming from. And on that note. I just remember the saying that my wife always says is that <laughs> other people judge you on your actions, and you judge yourself on your intentions. So that's yeah. what we we always see. You know, there someone's messed up, and so you know, think of if your employees had ju- were judging you on your intentions, there wouldn't have been an issue, right? But they're in judging. Yep. And maybe your actions that the words came out the way they did. It's just a really good way to think of things. When someone gets mad at you is like, oh, I'm perceiving it that I did it perfectly because I know what my intentions were, but I'm not maybe seeing what my actual actions were. And that goes back to the, the buck stops here. Like what did I do that doesn't align with my intentions? Um, yeah, I think we could talk for two days straight on marriage, communication, and kids. I think, um, yeah, it's in marriage communication, you know, spousal communication or partner communication comes full circle is the more you communicate, the more successful you're going to be in whatever yeah. you're trying to do, because you can, you can, um, articulate your needs. You can reciprocate needs that need to happen. Um, so I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. One last question before we close, um, most impactful book you've ever read or listened to.
1: Uh, most impactful. I, book. You um,
0: me, I did not prepare you for this.
1: No, not at all. And I've never actually read this book. I've listened to it like ten times, but I've Same. never actually like read it. Uh, I hate reading. Yeah. So when you sent when you sent me that book, I was like, "Cool, thanks." Let me go get the audio book, but I haven't. I'm actually reading that one. Um, but anyway, um, probably Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. I don't know if you've oh, read that one. Russell Brunson. Yeah. Um, but that fundamentally changed the way I publicly communicate. Um, what I mean by that is through Facebook posts, Instagram, Twitter, which I barely use, but LinkedIn just different, like because you are always selling and people buy off of stories. They don't buy off of logic and they they buy off of emotion 99% of the time. And so if I can effectively communicate with somebody and share a story that gets them to relate to me, um, and or gets to relate to the product or whatever and then and then i present the offer like they're way more likely to grab it and run with it versus if i just say hey i'm selling you know this gatorade bottle right here and it's 10 bucks why would you buy that from me for 10? it does not make any logical sense but if i told you you know that uh who peyton manning drank out of this gatorade bottle the whole time he played in the nfl now suddenly This Gatorade bottle has become worth way more than 10 bucks. And the fact that I'm selling it to you for $10 is an absolute steal. And you're going to sprint over here from wherever you are to grab this. thing. And Russell always talks about the cell phone, right? He always talks about his iPhone. Like I'll sell you my phone right now for a thousand bucks. But then what if I told you I have all these numbers and you'd be able to communicate with people and all this stuff. Like it's the same thing. So if you can tell a story, if I can tell you that, you know, this, this, water bottle with Gatorade bottle right here in my hand made it all the way to the super bowl a couple times with Peyton Manning this is what he was drinking out of when he won the super bowl like hell yeah I want to buy this thing like I just I want to keep this water bottle forever right now because I just made up a story about it so but that's the point though is yeah expert secrets teaches you how to share those stories um they're not it's not it's not um dishonest it's it's using actual experience it's sharing the emotion the reasoning behind things and when you start to show people reason they see why you're doing things, and so that's where I miscommunicated I think, and where this whole thing has kind of fallen not fallen apart but where the problem has come is just because somewhere in there there was a disconnect there was a miscommunication somewhere um, and it's probably because either I did not tell an appropriate story to get the brain like the switch to go or vice versa they did not explain it in a way that made me emotionally connect with it and so that's like Expert Secrets is really good at kind of teaching you how to do that, how to, how to tell an emotional story that gets somebody to take action.
0: Yeah, it, that is, it is such an amazing concept. I've been following this guy um, in business. I don't actually do business with him, but he tells stories and he tells them all the time. And I've seen the same stories um, come up 10, 15 times, but he's extremely successful and it's all because of stories and he's a master story um and i have not read that by russell brunson and i i think i will it is
1: um it is absolutely phenomenal like if you look up uh if you look up russell brunson like look up russell brunson 10x 2019 and watch his presentation do not bring your credit card with you because he's going to make you want to spend three thousand dollars like that is how good he is at telling stories especially if you own a business
0: um it's already been done so i'm i'm already there i just haven't read the book
1: <laughs> yeah so you just you just got to like if you want to hear what i'm talking about like in one hour and especially if you double up the speed in 30 minutes you can see exactly what i'm talking about and he teaches you how to do that in that book and it's i think it's crucial that we understand how to communicate through stories because that's another way i would talk to my daughter in stories all the time too so um like that's another way it's just like getting her to understand you know different things based on what she can comprehend and she can comprehend emotion she's very good at picking up on people being sad or mad or upset or whatever um and she always asks are you sad are you mad like today she's are you sad we like, guess sad um and it's just through sharing stories and when something happens like i did not go in the other room and close the door and show myself up because i want her to see that it's, it's okay yeah. to be emotional it's okay to be sad it's okay to be frustrated to the point that you're in tears that is fine it's just you have to be um i guess uh methodical maybe with the way that you do it especially when they're younger you just there's certain things obviously that like age appropriate (laughs) you're not going to talk about with a two-year-old right but um yeah so i just think stories are really important and that book teaches you how to
0: tell stories that's awesome man well dan i thank you very much for being on the podcast hey everybody if you enjoyed this Please subscribe to our podcast. Dan, by the way, tell us how we could find you. Yeah. So the best way to find me
1: would be Instagram. It's just Dan. Roma, my, first and last name together. Um, and then the other, if you want to like hear me think out loud more often, I have a podcast as well. Um, I believe that it goes uh, the same day as yours. Come out Tuesday, Friday. Um, and so the one that we just released today that we're recording this is about abs and ice cream. And so we do a lot of random conversational topics, but, um, it's mostly in the health and fitness field. Um, but we, I mean, it's, we talk about Christianity, family, all that kind of stuff too. Like I'm, I'm a Christian, um, but you, I, I rub people the wrong way. So I talk about that in some of my episodes as well. But anyway, it, it would be awesome. Um, if a couple of you guys, if you're interested check out some of the podcast shows, there's tons of interesting topics we talk talked about.
0: All right, cool. So thank you everybody for listening. Dan's info will be in the show notes. So if you want to follow this guy, listen to his stories, maybe wrap, wrap back around and find out what happened out of all this situation that he's in or some of the cool videos <laughs> yeah. daughter, um, check those out. Also, make sure you subscribe to Brotherhood of Fatherhood Podcast. If you are a man, you need to go to Facebook, even if you hate it, and join our Facebook group, Brotherhood of Fatherhood. If you are not a man, you can go to Facebook as well and join the Facebook page, Brotherhood of Fatherhood, and feed your husband, boyfriend, or whatever (laughs) the information you want him to hear. So there's something for everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today.